Hey everybody, welcome to Divi Chat, episode 15, right? We are on 15, right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. All right, episode 15, speeding up your Divi website. It's going to be a little bit of a different episode tonight. Uh, we're going to have a couple of guests jump in and as we're discussing our topic tonight. But uh, before we do that, and this is the first time it's never happened before, Mr. Miss Leslie Bernal gets to introduce herself first. Oh, uh, hello. I'm Leslie Bernal of A Girl in Her Mac, and you can find me um, on Facebook and Twitter at A Girl in Her Mac. Fantastic. And our other third of our panel tonight, Mr. <laughs> Tim Streifler. Hey everyone, Tim Streifler here, broadcasting from Austin, Texas. And uh, you can find me at timstreifer.com and divilife.com. Fantastic. And my name is David Blackman with Aspen Grove Studios. And I just had an epiphany. We have an all-Texas panel tonight. There we yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> until David comes. Until David comes. Uh, until David, <laughs> then he's going to ruin it. <laughs> That's right. We do currently have an all-Texas panel. I am digital nomad and traveling around and I'm currently in Norman G, Texas, which is about two hours east of Tim and Leslie. So not too far from them. And we're going to get to see them in Dallas. two weeks in yes. Dallas. We're going to do a Divi meet -up. Maybe we'll even, uh, you know, talk a little bit about that tonight. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Our, our topic tonight is, um, you know, speeding up a Divi website. So, you know, that entails a lot of things. It's, it's, you know, it may entail plugins that you use on your WordPress site, like such as caching plugins that will help technically speed your site up. It may come to, you know, we may discuss things that you actually do to speed up the website, like making sure all of your images are optimized and proper size so that your, your pages load fast. Uh, there are several tools out there that we may discuss tonight as well. And then, um, you know, the benefits of why it's important to have a fast-loading site. Mm -hmm. So we're going to kind of cover all those things tonight. And um, I think this might be the smallest panel we've ever had before. So I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We got the best for, you know, episode yeah. 15. That's right. Yeah, it, it kind of feels like um, when you're in school – and it's like the day after a holiday and like oh, half God. the kids are like still on vacation, <laughs> but like your mom like made you go to school. Your you mom know? made you go and yeah. you're like, damn it. <laughs> and it's just like the teacher and like a couple kids. And <laughs> that's what it reminds me of. Uh, okay. Now I feel more losery than cool, but. <laughs> oh, no, we're cool. We're cool. We're cool. That's funny. Uh, as a matter of fact, speaking of cool, just in case anybody wants to see my shirt here. Yes. Oh my God. Awesome dad. You know, <laughs> just like a normal dad, just much cooler. There you go. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into the topic tonight. Uh, you know, some of the, let's, uh, you know, I guess we can start off with what are some of the benefits of yeah. having a fast loading website. One of them is a Google loves that yeah. search engines like fast loading websites. Uh, second thing that is very important is customer experience. If I, I know if I go to a website and it's taken like two hours to load the page, I'm leaving the site. And unfortunately, 
data speeds have gotten so much faster these days that it's, um, you know, I'm ashamed to say this, but if a site doesn't load, you know, pretty quickly, I'm ready to move on. What, do, what are you guys' thoughts? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, can't, I can't wait too long. Um, yeah. yeah, and and obviously a benefit, too, is we're trying to get clients, so if clients are coming to our site and it's loading, loading slow, they, they may be like, well, this person doesn't know what the hell they're doing. So yeah, exactly. uh, <laughs> that's a big deal. Right. If they can't make their own website load fast enough, why would I trust them to build mine? Yeah. yeah. And David, you mentioned um, like two main reasons for having a, a speedy site being search engines and user experience. And in a lot of ways, they go hand in hand because Google's always about what's going to be best for the user's experience. And so they've determined that obviously people hate slow sites. And so therefore, they've made it so if your site's slow, then they're not going to rank you as high because they don't want to give one of their users, one of their searchers, a website that's loading slow because that would give them a bad experience. And so, um, yeah, and then, and then if you look at things like the whole AMP um, accelerated mobile pages, that kind of even further goes towards um, or it's further proof that they're all about having a speedy internet because they've developed this whole format of like instant page loads. Um, and I, I don't, I don't know really. I mean, that's a whole other topic. The accelerated mobile pages. I'm not exactly fully on board with that, but uh, it just goes to show that having a, a your website load fast is extremely important to Google, and therefore should be extremely important to to everyone else as well. Yeah, that AMP is something that um, I definitely need to like learn learn more about. You know, it's kind of it's been on everyone's radar for a while, but um, you know, it's just kind of slowly coming in coming into play more and more as Google's always demanding more and more things. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, um, yeah, I think that probably those two factors. Um, you know, from a usability standpoint, the user experience, which is the world basically coming to your site, that's a huge deal, you know, their experience with your site. So what can you do to help that? So I've got a site, I've built it, you know, what are some of the things that I can do to make that work, you know, yeah. um, help my page load fast, make Google happy, let the user experience? Um, what are some of the things that we can do? I think from my experience doing different tests, the the one that makes the biggest difference and most noticeable right off the bat would be installing a, a caching plugin. Um, and if it's all right with you guys, just I want to discuss a little bit kind of what that means and um, yeah, why it's important. Do. So WordPress sites, for those unfamiliar, utilize uh, MySQL database which basically means you have your theme files and your plugin files and your media files that are stored just in a no normal server structure, but then you have all of the database um, content, so that's your, your posts, your pages, your settings that are all stored in the database. And so the way WordPress works is every time a new page loads, a new post loads, a homepage, whatever, it's going into the database and grabbing that content and it's and then serving it up to the user and it's doing that every time and so that's why in general WordPress sites or other uh, CMS sites that have a similar database structure will generally load a lot slower than if you just have a static HTML page 
Um, and so essentially what a caching plugin does is it says, okay, for this page, rather than having to go to the database, grab the post content, and then put it together and then serve it to the user's browser, we're gonna make a static copy of it or a cached copy of it and we'll serve that to the user until you update that page or post and then we'll grab a new copy of it. And so basically it's able to serve those cached pages a lot quicker than going to the database every time um, you load a new page. And so that's why caching is, is huge. Um, and there's a lot of different caching plugins out there and I think you guys want to jump in and, and say what you've used? Um, yeah, I had some written down. Well, this th just so happens that yesterday, um, there's another David that's, that should be jumping on here at, uh, at some point. But David Elster, um, he's, he's kind of known in, in the Divi Facebook groups. He helps a lot. Really knowledgeable, um, yeah. really awesome developer. He, we, I don't know how we got onto it, but maybe we were talking about like tonight's episode or something. But He's he's kind of always recommended these two particular plugins um, in combination in working together. One is Cache Enabler, and the other is I don't I know I'm gonna not say this right. Auto optimize, auto optimize, but it's one word. Auto optimize. I can't pronounce it right. But um, I use WP Rocket. I've used it for um, a little over a year now. I've been very happy with it. Prior to that, it was W3 Total Cache. Um, I switched to WP Rocket. I just heard excellent things. Um, I use their other product, um, Imageify. I believe that's the same company. Um, so I've been using it. It sped up my sites. It was super easy for me. I'm not um, super high knowledgeable in the whole. Hi, David. There he is. Um, in in a lot of, I mean, I'm a designer first, developer second. I think most people know that. Um, I'm pretty transparent about it. There's there's still things I don't know. So I do like the easier plugins that are that work well and require little um, of messing with the settings. So I like WP Rocket. Now I took David's advice last night, <laughs> and I switched. I took out WP Rocket, put these two plugins um, together. And I went, I cut my request in half. It was like at 75 and it went down to like 36 or something. Um, my, my page speed was at, I want to say 3.6, went down to 1.8. So I'm under the two second holy grail now. It's awesome. Um, and I just from, that's it. I just, basic settings. That's all I did. Um, so I'm pretty happy about that. And now I'm like, damn it, I've been paying for WP Rocket. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure WP Rocket is still good. We're not saying don't use it. I'm just saying I happen to find for my site, this combo worked, worked well. Um, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and speaking, you got to play with them. Sometimes. Speaking of David, David has just jumped on the Give me chat. Go hi. ahead and say hi, David. How's it going? Good. introduce yourself yeah, kind of, tell us uh, who you like are rushed home and and just like jumped into the seat so uh kind of like uh, <laughs> Sorry. Bearings here. Hey, that's okay we'll give you a minute to get your bearings yeah basically <laughs> what we've covered so far is we we talked about why having a, a website that loads quickly is <laughs> beneficial you know in terms of google <laughs> seo sure. i tuned in experience. right um I tuned in like right before I jumped in on too, so I kind I kind of caught your uh, you explaining like caching and stuff, so that was good. Right. Oh, okay, awesome, yeah, right. and uh, yeah. So Leslie talked about um, uh, yeah, well, I'm blanking the name of the plugin. Uh, WP Rocket. There we go. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I used I used to use W3 Total Cache like back in the day, and I don't even think it's being updated anymore. Is it? It's kind of been like discontinued. There, there's a um, community fork, and I, I'm not sure uh, about the main version on the repo, but uh, it's out there, you know. And it, 
the things that it does, I mean, they don't really need to be updated. I mean, uh, you know, you, as long as the cache works, then you're good. Um, I was a big W3TC guy uh, until I started using the combo that, like Leslie said, um, I've been pushing people for because it is really simple. Uh, not just Leslie, but um, Shannon and a bunch of my clients and people I know, friends, uh, you know, I've suggested these things. It's auto-optimize, like auto-optimize together, and then um, cache enabler. And so you just minify through um, AO, and then you, and it's cache enabler does what it says on the tin, right? It just enables cache. So there's your um, WordPress level cache. And the two of them together, like Leslie said, um, she she cut her request in half and her load time in half just from you know from dropping WP Rocket. And if if you know anything about caching plugins, you know WP Rocket's pretty solid, right? So like uh, that's a significant improvement over a solid paid solution. Um, so that's something. But like uh, as you were mentioning about the cat, oh come here. So as you're <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> hi Ollie. <laughs> yeah. Um. You, there's actually three levels of caching that I think are important. Uh, not everybody uses a CDN, but um, and so that's part of performance as well. Is that uh, your origin server, your host, your hosting solution, or whatever, is probably is serving up from one computer essentially, right? So like it might be um placed in like San Francisco or something. So people who are close to your hosting, wherever your your actual files are being stored, they're going to be served up things much faster than people across the world. And so what a CDN does is copies a cached version of it to different places all over the world, like Australia and the UK and different parts of America. And so people get served up from the closest one to them. And so that's a speed of performance too. And so most, uh, or I should say all CDNs have their own version of caching. So so. I think it's important to have all three levels, assuming that you have a CDN, is that you have uh, a server level, like Varnish, and then you have your WordPress level, uh, like Cache Enabler or WP Rocket or whatever, and then at the CDN level as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I've had a lot of success using a combination of Cloudflare and Mac CDN. Um, have you had much experience with Cloudflare, David? Uh, we have used it. Yeah. Oh. Other David. Both yeah. I'm gonna let the other David talk. <laughs> sure, I mean you can go too, but um, so, so Cloudflare is nice because it, it it technically is a CDN. It's not a it's not an amazing CDN in terms of uh the number of nodes that they have or the speed and stuff. It's not entirely impressive in that way, but um, Cloudflare is really good at things like DDoS protection. So if somebody hammers your site with a request because they're going through Cloudflare, Cloudflare will realize it's getting yeah. hammered and just IP block that person. So you never get hammered for high bandwidth. You never get, um, you know, you never go down essentially. And um, so Cloudflare is good for that. And then so Max CDN obviously is a paid solution and Cloudflare has their paid plans too, but um, Max CDN is a true CDN. It really does focus on speed of serving content to your visitors by way of having multiple servers and, and, being very optimized. Okay, how's go. that? Is it better? That is good. Was I scratching? Oh yeah, I, I, it's happened to me before, so that's why I'm, you know. Right. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> little beard noise. Um, Nothing wrong with a little beard. Yeah, so the two, especially especially if you're gonna do a paired um, solution, like a paid solution, pairing the two is great because you can rely on Cloudflare for the DDoS protection. Yeah. 
and the max CDN for the actual serving the, the assets and content. Yeah. Awesome. And I, I use, um, for hosting, I use WP engine, which has, they have their own caching, uh, you know, version of, of, you know, WP rocket or another caching plug and they have their own version built in. And then they also have max CDN built in as well. And then I use Cloudflare on top of that. And so I like it because the, the caching that the WP engine has is it's, you, it's virtually invisible. You don't really see it. You can empty the cache if necessary, but it just kind of works automatically. You don't have to think about it. Um, no, no setup. And then the same thing with the CDN. You just click one button to enable uh, Max CDN. They have a partnership with Max CDN, and it does everything automatically, which I like. And then Cloudflare has easy setup too. And so um, I'm all about things that are like you know very little setup and don't have to think about them a lot after they're set up. And so I, that's why I like the combination of those three. Uh, well, WP Engine, which has their own caching and CDN built in, which is nice. I'm think... glad you brought up hosting. Sorry, go ahead, David. No, no, no. Go ahead, Leslie. I'll, I'll well, up. I think um, certainly at any listeners that are uh, maybe from the Facebook groups. There's a lot of um, maybe more a lot of beginner level or a lot of DIYers, you know, who don't know a lot about um, hosting, and they think hosting really does play at least some part in speed, um, whether it's like regular shared versus managed WordPress. Um, can one of y'all speak to that? Because I think I think a lot of people kind of have a lot of questions about that. Yeah, David, do you want to grab that? Sure. Okay. <laughs> I'd love to hear your uh, thoughts. The big thing. So um, it's. It's not as important if you have a CDN, especially if you have like Max CDN or real CDN, um, because the your hosting will affect the, the uh, time to first byte. So whenever you go to a website, your computer sends out a request, says, hey, I'm looking for this website, right? And so it goes through DNS and it, uh, skipping through all that. Eventually you, you contact the, the website and <clears throat> the website takes you know some time to respond and then start giving your, like sending data back to you, which would be the website, right? So that time from the time you make the request to the time that you start receiving the data of the website, it, um, you know, if you're on a poor hosting solution and you're not behind a CDN, then that time is going to be uh, much longer than it should be. And I've actually, I'm not going to run through the numbers, but I ran through some of the bigger Divi names <laughs> <laughs> earlier today. Um, the, the response, the, the results are kind of embarrassing, but so the, um, <laughs> yeah, Leslie showed us a screenshot. <laughs> I yeah. I wasn't going to try to name and shame anybody on, on the Divi chat, but, um, so, uh, Thanks. you know, that, that time to first bite could be as long as like a second and a half. So it takes a second and a half before they even start getting your website. And if it takes two seconds to load, now you're at three and a half seconds, um, just from poor hosting and yeah. Two seconds is like the gold standard, right? So maybe you're doing everything you're supposed to, and your host, a, a poor host, will push you over the edge into awful loading times. Now, a CDN does kind of uh, mitigate that because they're going to be, they're not requesting from your server. They're going to be requesting. The only people who are taking the longer time to request the data from the origin server is the CDN, right? So if your visitor makes the request, it hits the CDN. The CDN responds very quickly, and so um, that's a benefit of the CDN. But regardless. Um, it's important to have solid hosting, of course. Yeah, definitely. And then yeah, I also, think one of the sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, Tim. I was just going to say uh, ah, for four people, we can't shut up. <laughs> In addition to uh, what David was saying, you know, the solid hosting for that, you know, that first first byte. Um, when you're editing your website and you're uh, in the back end, signed into uh, WP Admin, 
um, caching is not enabled, CDN is not enabled, <laughs> just from like a pure like uh, I don't know um, sanity level aspect, having good hosting that's going to be able to uh, load your your backend quickly enough before you go insane. Because I uh, to me that was one of the biggest things was poor hosting with the caching and the CDN. I was able to get the front end loading you know relatively fast, but to edit the site and make changes and add new posts and pages and whatnot. It was just like, at, like slow as molasses at a crawl. And it was very frustrating. Yeah, the difference is night and day between like waiting several seconds for each page to load versus if you aren't a really good hosting, it almost feels like Ajax. Like it just feels instant, like yeah. it's not even loading. Night and day. Yeah, I think one of the things that we are going to do here and what I hope we'll do and maybe this can kind of give us a little bit more direction on Divi Chat tonight of what we can do is what are some, what are the steps that you would take to, you know, from A to Z? And we don't have to dive deep into them, but I wouldn't mind like a list. A lot of our listeners are probably saying, okay, well, what are the most important things? Well, hosting is one of them. Uh, caching plugins is another one of uh, something. Software that you use. Maybe if we could put a list of order, and I'm going to kind of, Throw this to Dave or Tim or you know Leslie, whoever wants to answer it. You know, we'll put down a list uh, and and we're going to put a PDF on the site in the show notes, and you can download it. You know, these are it, it's not going to be a deep in in detailed thing, but at least it'll be a list. Okay, well at least I know I need good hosting, you know, caching plugin, CDN, this, that, the other. So if I were a new person doing a website. What are the things that I need to do to speed my website up? Go. I, I and don't say not use Divi. And don't say, <laughs> don't say, don't use Divi. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have time to make notes before, because uh, like I said, I, got, I rushed in, I came in late and everything. Yeah. So I think uh, if Tim wants to just uh, start us off and then I'll kind of jump in and if he, yeah, if he misses anything. Definitely. And, and just disclaimer on myself, I'm, I'm not an expert. I'm not at the technical level that David's at. I've had some experience with this doing different tests and, and for different websites. Uh, so David, feel free to interrupt me if I'm saying something that, <laughs> that isn't, you know, the best practice. Um, Cause I, I definitely love to, uh, to learn more myself, but I'd say step one is, is get solid hosting. Um, and I think that's kind of, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of a loaded statement because what is solid hosting? Yeah. <laughs> um, right. I mean, there's so many like new hosting companies popping up that are like WordPress managed hosting and everything. Um, personally, I use WP Engine. They're a little bit more, or some in some cases, a lot more expensive than other hosting. Um, but I find that their whole backend um, and the tools that they have built in, so I don't have to think about it with security and caching and Mac CDN automatically um, included as well. I find that to be worth the price uh, for sure. I've heard a lot of good things about um, A2 hosting. Um, SiteGround as well as Liquid Web. I'm on SiteGround. Uh, so those are <laughs> the ones I've heard a lot of good things about. Yeah. I know David um, suggests Cloudways, right, Elster? Yeah, I like. Um, I think A2 has a better um, foundation for, uh, in terms of like uptime, speed, and, and things like that for shared hosting. They do really well in terms of performance. But I think SiteGround has a better user experience. They're like installing an SSL is literally one click like it's it, things are if you're starting out site ground is way easier to deal with but um 
I tend to try to avoid shared hosting, uh, you know, like run as fast as you can away from shared hosting, right? So Cloudways is good because you can spin up a DigitalOcean droplet, which is, some, you know, uh, one of my favorite things. And um, they it's managed, but it's like $2 a month for their, on top of the uh, droplet price. So um, a very small site, seven bucks and then a reasonably sized site 17 bucks and i've i've ran like 10 plus websites on that 17 dollar a month plan so um small sites obviously but uh their customer store cu uh, customer support is amazing they have the one click uh let's encrypt they have uh varnish php7 is all like one click buttons all these things all these little things add up um very quickly and they're use their like ui inside the dashboard itself is uh is top notch. So I my votes for Cloudways if you um, need the managed side of things. And if you're a little more tech savvy or if you're a little braver, then um, just go to DigitalOcean and spin up the droplet yourself, and then um, add Server Pilot on top, and that gives you like a a dashboard and some controls and stuff like that. It's like Cloudways but with actual control. You own your droplet instead of the managed side of it. Before we before we get deep 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 off in the dissecting hosting companies and stuff. I think that's a good place to start hosting. You know, there's plenty of reviews out there online that you can Google and look at, you know, host. I agree with everything everybody said here. Um, so hosting would be there. Super important. One thing I need to do. Um, optimization we haven't even touched on yet. Site optimization. Wait, I'd like and to, uh, real, real quick on the hosting thing. Also, um, there's a website, reviewsignal.com. And it okay. does comparisons of web hosts. So if you don't want to take our word for any of these things or go with whatever, ReviewSignal.com, I highly recommend. Um, it's a trusted site that like breaks down every hosting solution so you can compare and, and fit your needs. Cool. And we are going to have some awesome show notes this week, I just have to say. Yeah. <laughs> don't put pressure on me or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'll help you. I'll help you. Uh, I think I'm, I think I'm in, the, in the hosting thing, also, uh, the, as a minimum, you're going to want to find somebody who has PHP 7 as an option, mm. Let's Encrypt as an option, and uh, some kind of cat like Varnish, some kind of caching option. Um, if those three things go in with the performance, definitely. So absolutely, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll put that in and the show quick, notes. Well, a quick note. Um, I think a lot of people think, maybe not so much now, but. Uh, many people think SSL is only for e-commerce or where you're going to have secure information and credit card information. That's not the case anymore. Everybody's going to need to have it. So Let's Encrypt is a big deal now. Absolutely. Sorry. I wanted to say that. <laughs> so under hosting, three uh, high that you definitely want to look for in your host are Let's Encrypt, some type of caching mechanism, varnish, etc. What was the third one, Dave? PHP 7. It doesn't have to be as default, yeah. but you want you want that as an option. Absolutely. So those are three really good starting places you can start when you're researching your hosting company. Next thing might be, um, you know, once your site's built up, installing some of the software. Caching plugins, we've mentioned WP Rocket. Auto, I'm not even going to try to auto say that. Auto-optimize. Auto-optimize. <laughs> auto-optimize right? with Cache Enabler. Yeah. And Cache Enabler. We'll put a list of those as well, so you're going to want some caching. Maybe we talk a little bit about site optimization. What can we do to, you know, as we're building our site, as we're putting out blog posts and stuff, 
one thing right off the bat is image compression. You know, make sure that you are optimizing your images for the web. So you take this big, beautiful picture on the, of the mountain and the stream and the brook, and you download it from your phone or your camera, and you throw it on your website in your blog post, and you haven't optimized it at all, and your page takes 25 seconds to load because you've <laughs> loaded a 20 megabyte image. Uh, what you're going to want to do is optimize that image. Reduce its file size as much as possible, and there's many compression tools that you can use. Whatever, there's a million of them. Just Google image compression, you know, tools. Well, I mean, some are better than others. Um, right. I, I personally like Imageify. Um, a lot of people do a step before that. Not everybody likes to have a plug-in do it. Some people like to do it in Photoshop, run it through tinyping.com. Um, I actually, I try to do, if, I, if I'm not lazy, I'll do tinyping first, and then I have Imageify on the site. Um, also, as far as not just file size, but the actual site like if you don't need a 5,000 you know pixel right, wide right. if you're a lot of um, uh, photography sites you know they, they need them to look good and high, high quality um, but they don't need to be you know 6,000 megabytes big you know um, yeah but uh, but yeah images are images are probably the biggest culprit that I see yeah. <laughs> even for a photography site though you can do uh, resolution and lossless compression because lossless will not it's lossless the image quality doesn't re isn't reduced at all yeah. so but if you're doing like if it's a background and you've got content in front of it um, don't be afraid to do lossy compression don't be afraid to see how far you can bring the quality down before it's vis like visually the um, noticeable to you yeah. and then maybe bump it up another step you know like maybe don't go that far once you start seeing artifacts and stuff but um, don't be afraid to be a little aggressive especially if it's not the focal point of the thing yeah yeah that's actually yeah. what I like image imageify for because it has three levels uh, you can start with the middle one which is aggressive sometimes that's a, I, I've seen like the pixelation already start to happen and I have to drop it down to normal but I like that that you can just push a button and say you know revert to this revert to this or back to original whatever yeah I don't I've never used uh, imageify but it sounds very similar to WP smush pro which is by WPMU dev they have a free version as well and then they have a paid version and I think the only difference between the free and paid it, or the main difference is the the paid version uses their servers to do the compression and so it, yeah. it's, I think speeds things up takes the strain off your server um, but yeah similar to imageify it just it's automatic it has several levels uh, lossless lossy and um, what I like about it is it's automatic. You don't have to think about it. Um, you know, you can do things on your end, not doing, you know, 5,000 pixel wide images, do some more sensible image sizes, and then the plugin, you know, does the rest. Um, that, that's kind of my method at least. And then like David said, you know, for sites that like you really need to like worry about site speed, then you can kind of, you know, fine tune it and, and, and find that perfect balance to where it's as small as possible without a noticeable, um, difference in quality so yeah and we're going to give kind of just we're, we're glossing over this is a very 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 important topic uh there are a lot of things that we could talk for hours and hours and hours about about speeding up your website what's important you know one of the things that's really important is when you're planning your website out you know planning all of this stuff if you've got a membership site if you've got depending on the type of site that you have you may have users who are allowed to upload you know content to your website like if you have a support forum or a member forum or something like that or bloggers 
they're <laughs> bloggers and they're not uploading, you know, they're not doing the same practices that you're doing on your website and that can affect your site speed and stuff. So I think it, it begins from the beginning with proper site planning, depending on the type of site that you have, go to hosting, you know, image compression, content, have a plan for your content and how it is um, distributed to your website. Who's going to put it on if outside people from within your internal company have a procedure set in place to do that as well? Because we learn the hard way. We've got a support forum at AspenGroveStudios.com. And we allow people to upload screenshots. And, you know, you don't really think about it until after the effect. Until after it's the a problem. Fact, you know, <laughs> until it's a problem. That's right. You know, our site's running slow. What the heck's going on? And we realize that we have users uploading images, files to our website. Well, that's gonna affect our site speed. So, you know, the larger that database grows and stuff, if we're not managing that, it's gonna affect all of the things that we're talking about. So we're just gonna touch the tiny little iceberg, you know, a little speck of the iceberg tonight, but hopefully give you some good tools and takeaways and starting points to go with. So what are we missing, David and Leslie? I have a question for David, actually, um, because I remember a while back uh, there was some conversation going on, and I kind of want to address this. I don't know if it's a myth or if it's a real thing. Um, the the Divi bloat um, is how Divi written um, is. Does it contribute to the slow? I mean, why are you laughing? <laughs> um, I mean, you know, don't tear it apart, but. Is there a factor there? I know, I know that they're coming out with, um, you know, they're improving it all the time. So I'm not really concerned about it um, as far as if there is something wrong. I'm sure they'll, they'll fix it. They'll get to it. But is, there, is that um, something, you know, to consider? <laughs> um, to lightly touch on the thing. Uh, yeah, Divi um, does some things that are counter uh performance you know and a lot of those are for ease of use there's a trade-off so um you know to make the page builder so nice to make the front end you know builder so nice they have to do things that are, are very anti-pattern they have to like inline style whenever you go to the front end builder and you go change like something uh, uh you know directly that code's getting inlined went on the front end which is um really poor practice right but there's not really a good way for them to do that uh uh, I mean, there are workarounds and stuff, but it would be m a lot of extra work, whereas it's very simple to inline the thing. So, um, and then of course they load a bunch of uh, unnecessary stuff, but it's just because they throw the kitchen sink at your site. They don't go through and scan and say, okay, well, you don't use this module, this module, and this module, and we're only going to like load. They don't have like a um, conditional for each module for every page that loads on your site. So, oh, well, he doesn't use the the counter, so we're not going to load the counter JavaScript. So there is some some bloat, but um, I've seen Divi sites that are, are very fast. So uh, it's certainly not an excuse to not have a under two second website. Okay, that's good. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think another thing we haven't touched on yet is the number of plugins and the quality of plugins. Because um, the more code you have loading on your site, like and you know doing loading different JavaScript files and stuff, the slower your site's going to become. And I've uh, on that topic, I've had to log into uh, different people's sites um, for some of my Divi products, and I log in and they have like 
I don't know, <laughs> over a hundred plugins that do everything imaginable and you know, they're <laughs> not even really using like more than half of the, the functionality in the plugins. Um, and so that's something that to be aware of is like, that's kind of what I go through with each plugin and is, is it absolutely essential for, you know, what I'm trying to accomplish on my site? If not, then like get rid of it because um, having it activated on your site can, you know, slow it down. Some are, are better than others. A, a poorly coded plugin is going to load a lot slower. I'm sure David, you could, David Elster could talk a lot about that as well. Yeah, it's, a, it's really not a plugin count, but right. um, it, it's about quality, like you said. And some of the things, because uh, somebody had, had asked me about this earlier today too, um, some of them, it does, you don't have the choice. Like WooCommerce might be slowing your site down, but what are you going to do, right? So you, <laughs> you just, you're going to bite the bullet on that one because it's WooCommerce, you're going to use it. Um, but quality is, is definitely the thing. It's that when you log into somebody else's website and you see that they have 100 plus plugins, it's indicative that they're not paying attention to, they're not doing quality control on the quality and the quantity of the plugins. They're not ever doing like a plugin audit. And if you do even just maybe once a month or however often, depending on how often you add plugins, maybe um, say if you rarely add plugins, every time you do, just go down that list and go, do I really still need this, this, and this, you know? Or are there better alternatives to this now? Because um, even in like the performance thing, like WP Rocket was the gold standard two, three months ago. And um, like I said, the, the the pair of plugins that we're suggesting now cut Leslie's site in half. and, and they're free. So yeah. and and you know. just to to reiterate that it's not really so much the number. I just replaced one with two plugins. So you know exactly. you, can, you can't go with the whole, with just the that basic rule of number. Right. Yeah, and I've had people say like, "Oh, I don't want to like. I'd rather add the plugin to the, my functions, or I'd rather add code to my functions.php file opposed to adding another plugin, which that, <laughs> the number of plugins doesn't really matter because it's still loading the same code, you know, like <laughs> that's not really gonna change anything. You're still loading that code on your site. Mm -hmm. um, kind of, it depends because uh, some of these plugins uh, are like, they're very modular in their code. So they will enqueue, um, several JavaScript files and so those get like individually called and then loaded and that does take time because that each one of those is a request a visitor has to visit your site and then like your slider plugin calls like 30 JavaScript files so then once it hits that the slider it you you know the response is hey you have to load these 30 files before you can see the slider and then so the visitor has to go ask for those 30 files and they have to load as well and so inlining uh, JavaScript or, ma or making things, uh, you know, short things are actually faster to inline or to put in your functions PHP. So again, that comes down to like um, code quality and making sure that they're not loading a ton of files unnecessarily. It's not saying that loading 30 files is bad, but you, generally speaking, you don't want to do that kind of thing. Okay. Requests are slow. Lo like lo running code is is shouldn't be slow, but HTTP requests are very slow. So um, if they constantly have the visitor asking, requesting more and more resources, that's usually a, a bad sign. Okay, so we've got hosting, have a plan, hosting. We've got the software that you use for your site to speed up and the software that you're using on your site. Do you need it? Is it necessity? You know, um, can you do without it? 
you've got that as well. You've got optimization, site optimization, making sure you're taking the proper measures for you know, optimizing images, content, anything that goes on to your site that the server's calling and stuff, and your visitor comes to the site. Is there anything else that we're missing that we haven't covered? The op I have one thing that's the opposite. Okay. The, other th the opposite of are we missing something is you. There are plenty of uh, performance uh, testing tools like uh, sites that you can run your site through. GT Metrics, Pingdom, WPT, whatever. Okay. Um, and they're wonderful. Especially some of them are more uh, technical than others. But like GT Metrics and Pingdom, they're really easy to understand. And you'll see things. They'll tell you, okay, we think you should do these 30 things, and that'll make your site faster. But do not take what you see online as law, because <laughs> those things can break your site, they can break plugins, and they may not give you performance. Uh, it's just a, a general help. Like when they say, okay, you need smaller images, maybe you do. If they say, you know, you're not serving things through a, through ca like cached assets or CDN, then that's probably something but like when you get down to the um very tiny minute like oh well you can make this one change in your hd access you're probably not going to see huge performance uh increases from that and you don't have to get 100 percent out of 100 you know like you don't have to get 100 100 or you don't have to get an a or whatever the best score is on google page speed insights or whatever don't worry so much about your score because your visitors don't care you're i've never had somebody visit a website and or <laughs> are going to be and say well, hey, he didn't defer JavaScript, so I, I believe it. It's not like just, a restaurant where you get the grade on your on your window. Right. So don't worry. So don't don't stress about a grade that somebody might give you. Yeah. Um, the the main thing, of course, like requests and, and file size are important, but the main thing is is speed because that's what visitors care about. How fast can they load your website? And beyond that, they they're not too concerned with performance, right? Right. Awesome. So, so just as a quick example, if you if you do something at GT Metrics, you're going to see a left side and a right side. Left side is going to be grades. Right side is going to be requests, uh, site speed, and file size. Um, look to the right side to if, if you're going to pick one side. Look to the right side and and don't worry about the left so much. <laughs> uh, one hey. thing I noticed on on my site and. Uh, David Elser, feel free to interject if this isn't something that, that actually should be a concern. But it, I think last time I looked at, um, I think it was Pingdom, uh, I'm loading fonts. I have a, a font that I'm using from Adobe Typekit. So it's being um, hosted on Adobe Typekit and pulled in through there. Can loading external resources like that, like such as fonts through Typekit and other resources, can that slow down a site as well? Absolutely. So here's the trade-off. If you if you save it locally and cache it and serve it through CDN, it will be as fast as your CDN. If you allow it to go through Typekit, mm. and in the test, it may look bad. It may it might be bad. And then um, if there, this is where it comes down to like who's your market because um, or or what font you're picking because if they've loaded that font before, Typekit, Google Fonts, these things. There, you'll get warnings about loading Google fonts. You'll get type K, whatever. Um, but they're they're obviously Google's not going to sabotage your website, right? So um, if they've ever loaded a website with that font, well, I mean, since they've wiped their browser cache, uh, then it's cached. 
So if you mm -hmm. like open sans is everywhere, right? So if you right. have open sans on your website, and you load it through Google fonts, then if you continue to load it through the Google fonts CDN, all your visitors will have the cached view, like the cached version of it loaded and it's much faster. And the page, te the testers won't, won't like have a cached version of it, obviously, because they're bots. Um, if it's a like uh, obscure font from Typekit, then it comes down to, can you serve it faster than Typekit? And the answer is probably still no, but um, a cache version, <laughs> uh, a cache version of it through a CDN can still be quite uh, quite fast. I'm not sure, um, unless unless you're serving more than like five fonts, that that, that that's going to be a, a huge issue either way. Gotcha. Yeah, faster, that makes sense. Usually faster locally though. I know that um, a lot of us use Font Awesome, and there's like three or four ways floating out there to pull Font Awesome into your site. Um, sure. Can you just say the one way that you would suggest to do it? Okay, so Font Awesome is 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 the exception to what I just said because okay. when, <laughs> because now Font Awesome you get your own uh, like you have a signature on your when they, they'll give you they'll send you a link and it's like this is your version and so you get a CDN link where they host your version of it and so browsers aren't going to cache your version of it unless they come back to your site. There's not going to be it's not like Google Fonts where they definitely have a cached version of Open Sans on their browser, so um, because the, because they haven't loaded your version of it, and so that can be burdensome. Um, realistically, for for performance considerations, you're going to want to um, pare down your font awesome because they, you have the option to choose pieces of it to include. You're going to want to just include what you use, mm -hmm. and. Um, I pulled the I put the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> was it like seven hundred icons or something? <laughs> I think the file is still pretty small. I don't. Again, I like I think you could shave off more from a single image than you will ever from Font Awesome. Fonts are relatively small, and and this is coming into like the diminishing returns thing, where if you um, like pare down your images, you're going to see a huge. Uh, in, you know, performance increase. If you add a CDN where you don't have one, you'll see a huge performance increase. And these things are, they, they take no time at all. But for you to sit, sift through Font Awesome and go, I use this, 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 just these 35 <laughs> things and make yourself a, a version of Font Awesome that only has those 35 icons, you know, the performance from dropping the yeah, other right. 300 or whatever is, is right. I won't yeah. say it's negligible, but it's, it's going to take you a lot of time for a very small increase. Okay. Makes sense. It's valuable, but it's it's way down the list of optimizations. It's not something you should do first. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every time I say that, I think about WordCamp Phoenix's, you know, theme last year, which was the Legos. Everything is awesome. <laughs> Everything. Nice. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to say way bad. My bad. All right. What else do we need to cover, want to cover, say, before we... I've, I've stated all, everything I know, all my tricks that really aren't tricks, but just things I've, I've come to learn. Yeah, um, I guess Tim, Tim said something earlier before you got here, David, um, about AMP um, mm. for mobile. Uh, I don't know. Can you talk about that a little. I don't know a whole lot about it. I obviously it's something we we're supposed to, you know, we got to we got to learn about. Okay, so AMP is uh accelerated mobile pages. I think he talked about a little bit about that. Um I caught like the tail end of that conversation. But so uh the idea is that you it's not like recreate if you know how we had like 
10, 15 years. I don't know how long, but we had M dot, right? Like there was the oh. M dot version of every website. So, and you like, <laughs> you basically coded a second website just for mobile, right? So AMP is kind of similar in that you take your current con content and you add some tags to it and stuff and you make a second version of it for AMP. You, it's not like redoing your whole website, but there, it's not as simple as turning on a plugin. Um, and so the idea is that you have a very pared down CS, like style sheet and stuff, and you um, serve only the absolute necessary to mobile users. So if they have a poor data connection, they can they still get the meat of the content. Um, in terms of speeding up your Divi site, I haven't actually applied AMP to any Divi site yet, so I can't speak on uh, how well that would work. Um, if you have a lot of JavaScript, like the, the counters and the accordions and stuff, a lot of that stuff will have to go. You'll ha instead of like an accordion, you, you'll more appropriately, you have like a list, bulleted list, you know? So um, it, luckily, you won't have to worry about AMP too much in 2017. Um, you'll notice that all the big corporate news people are all moving to it and stuff. All the, uh, you know, like tech news and stuff, definitely. For small yeah. brochureware sites, I wouldn't worry about that so much um, in yeah. terms of optimization. I remember Just when like, I saw um, like an example of one when I was reading an article or something. And to a designer, it's like a nightmare because they take all the nice looking stuff. They like even take off pictures sometimes and you're like, fuck, it's so boring. Like it's just words. Like <laughs> But but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I haven't actually used it, but just kind of seeing it like on big corporations and stuff. I see the value in it for like news sites, like you know blog focused sites, you know for content. But yeah, I mean like I can't imagine a homepage or you know any other like well thought out designed page getting converted to AMP and really having much value. But yeah, for like consuming content, like I've noticed it. For, for different articles that I've read. Like it is really nice because it's just so instant right there. Um, but yeah, I can't really figure out how that would work for a non like blog focused website. At this point, I can't recommend that um, <clears throat> anybody who just has a brochureware site or has a shop or, or like an e-commerce site that they stress about this kind of thing. If you are primarily a blog, then you should at this at this point you should hire somebody and to implement that for you. Um, it's not something that if you're like a designer or a content writer as primarily, it's not something that you're going to be able to tackle. Well, you can technically, it's not something you're going to want to tackle on your own. So um, I'm looking at like maybe the next couple years that that'll get easier to implement and um, you know, it, be, it being more important, obviously Google does give, like for a mobile search sites that have AMP have a, a significant boost. So if you have a lot of mobile traffic and you want to um, SEO boost, sure you can do that. It's not, and the and the performance is in, insanely fast, obviously. But um, I, it's such a big project to take on. I just it's not something that I re recommend to everybody. I'm not like, it's not like PHP seven or a CDN where you just like flip a switch and you're good to go. Yeah. It's, it's not going to be like that. <laughs> Okay, cool. Right. Well, I'm, I'm not going to worry about it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have had some really good uh, discussion tonight on uh, speeding up your Divi website. Um, I want to thank everybody for coming on.
Are there any final parting thoughts? Silver secret bullets to speeding up the website? Mm. Nothing. No. <laughs> One step at a time. <laughs> I, I, my parting thought is before you do anything, do a speed test to get a benchmark, you know, whether that's Pingdom or, or uh, G metrics or one of the other ones. And then from there, anything you do, you can always test and kind of um, come back to your benchmark to see, you know, if it's actually working. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I think my parting thoughts would be um, website speed is very important. Have a plan. You know, um, I think most people don't, really realize and they don't put a plan together so, so we're going to kind of try to give you some tips and tools that you can take away and hopefully start assembling a plan um that would mm -hmm. be my my take i have plan. i have a tip um just because um because i know wp rocket is still you know it's popular it's still gonna be used a lot when i was using it um uh, some things and it depends on the site i'm not sure why but you know there's a lot of check boxes you're going to do like images um, to minify uh, iframes and things like that. When you run through those and kind of check those boxes, check every page of your site to make sure that that option really is working for your site. Um, because I know of, I, this happened to me and, and several other people that I saw in the groups, just check through all the boxes, let it sit there and let it go. Stuff wasn't loading. Like, for, you know, pictures weren't showing up. Yeah. Um, so it's uh, But nothing works. <laughs> yeah. So, so don't um, you know, play with it. You know, see what's going to work for your site, um, and don't just test the homepage because that's easily the the only thing people do is look at the homepage. Like, oh, it's fine. But <laughs> you know, look at a product, look at the cart page, do a fake checkout. You know, do the process or something. Not. Yeah. And when you're testing, make sure you test logged in and not logged in. Make sure that you yeah. are forced yeah. reloading the pages using Control F5 or Command F5 here on Mac. And uh, um, I always have my uh, Chrome browser both regular and then in incognito. And in, incognito, yeah, yeah, that's I always forget about that. <laughs> and just force reload, you know, logged in, not logged in, that kind of thing. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Well, this has been a great episode, guys. Thank you all so much for sharing your wisdom and knowledge. And uh, if you want to get the PDF download, go to divichat.com. It's going to be under episode 15. Speeding up your Divi website is the title of the episode. Um, I have to put it up first. <laughs> it's yeah, not up yeah, right yeah. now. Give us We make the lists on the fly as we're doing the discussion of what's important. Uh, that's having a panel like this. is We don't know what David's going to say or Tim's going to say until the episode comes. And and then we put it, put it all down and... and show notes and you guys get to benefit from it so we hope you've enjoyed the show i've definitely enjoyed being a, being a part of it and uh we hope to see you next week on episode 16 of divi chat thanks everybody Bye. Bye -bye. thank you